Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Shoot and Shift podcast. It's me, Antonio, joined by Jeff and Will. We are now in August, middle of August, meaningful baseball, and we have a lot to talk about since our last episode. We've had, since our last episode, an eight-game win streak and then a skid from the Phillies. So we're going to dive right into uh, post-trade deadline. We had Pirates, Nationals, Mets. Um, we'll cover those series right now. Pirates obviously dropped two or three. That Saturday game, Kyle Gibson's debut, offensive outburst for the Phillies. They go to Washington, four in a row. At that point, they're uh, a game and a half out from the division lead, closing in on the Mets, who come to town over the weekend, sweep the Mets. That Sunday, we were officially two and a half games up. And the Phillies looked like they were flying into what was going to be an impressive stretch of baseball. And, you know, we were all geared up and ready to go and rip roar and excited for the Phillies. And then the Dodgers and Reds come down. And in those six games, you win two. So you go on an eight game win streak, then you win two out of your last six. Admittedly, the Dodgers, much better team than the Phillies, probably on paper the best team in baseball. And then I think the Reds are a better team than the Phillies. But do I think the Phillies should have won two out of three against the Reds? Absolutely. We'll get into that in a minute. But I just want to have your guys' observation of the last three or so weeks of Phillies baseball, what you're saying. I think it's been a roller coaster like it's been a roller coaster all year. You know, you have these really – Hot streaks. I mean, we started off the year. Think about it. When we went opening day, that first series against the Braves, that whole month of April, that team looked like it was going to be dominant all year. And then May came, and then June, July, and here we are in August. I mean, it's just been an up and down roller coaster. I mean, it was great to see him win against uh, the Nats and Mets. Um, but but I also think with the Dodgers series, the the rain didn't help. Let's be honest. It was a bullpen game for two out of those three and the Dodgers bullpen is significantly better than the Phillies. Yeah. But the one, the one game Joe Girardi smartly starts Connor Brogdon in anticipation of the rain and brings on Kyle Gibson. So was that really a bullpen game? No, but no, the the, the rain never helps. We all, we all know that. Yeah. Well, starting a game, having an hour and a half break back to back days and then having to continue baseball, it just, it sucks. Yeah. But I mean, we, uh, we can't make that the excuse. No, you it, it should not be the excuse. But, you know, I didn't go into that Dodgers series thinking, oh, we're going to win two out of three. We're going to take. I was happy to win. Dodgers. I was happy to yeah. win one game against the Dodgers. As was I. Jeff, what do you what do you got? I know you probably have some feelings. Yeah, personally, I don't look too much into losing the games against the Dodgers and the Reds. I think both teams are really good there. And I mean, I think we're just going to beat up on teams that are around our level. I think we have the talent to beat up on teams around our level and we're going to beat up on the worst teams. Now I think that's how we've hit our stride. We are going to beat up on the teams like the nationals. I think we're going to beat up on, the, the Diamondbacks, too, who we're about to see. Um, 
And that's what's going to be huge for us. And that's why I still think we can make that push. I mean, what we are looking at, as we mentioned, the rain, and then we're looking at a couple weird calls, weird plays. Yeah, I want to. I want to get into that because you know I'm I am a little upset that they lost the game against the Reds yesterday, but not anything that the Phillies did wrong. I mean, that umpire missed a clear strike three and the inning call, and then. The Reds drive in three runs after that as as a direct result of him missing a, a strike yeah. in the zone that was ten times out of ten should be called a strike. Well, we had the um, same thing in the Dodgers series, the finale, where Ian uh, Kennedy. Had- yeah, I mean, they still won that game, so I'm not as upset about that. I mean, the Dodgers load the bases on top of that ninth inning. You're like, oh great, here we go again. But the Reds scored three runs to make the game seven to four, which was the final as a result of that missed strike three and the inning, get the Phillies up to bat, which pisses me off to no end. But I mean, there's not, you can't go back and change it. One of the other talking points I did have for that red series was uh, a Cy Young, Matt Moore. What what do we what do we say about this? There's nothing to say positive about this. What do you mean? There's nothing to say positive. He went out and threw six innings and no hit baseball. He may have thrown six no hit innings, but I mean, you, you can't say, you know, let's rely on Matt Moore every five days to go out there and pitch. No. Now, granted, it was against a Reds team that. Should he have, should have he been pitching that well against that Reds team? No, I don't think so. He he made Joey Votto, who's been the hottest hitter since the All Star break, he, he made him look foolish on the plate. And, and I think we were, I was expecting. You, you have two out of the three of your key pieces in this starting rotation pitching against the Reds. And the one person that really shouldn't even be in your starting rotation is the one that comes out with the quality start. Now, now granted, I, I can't be upset with Zach Wheeler having one bad start. But I mean, right. in, in this time of baseball, I'd rather that have been in April, not August, where we're a game and a half, two games out of winning the NL East. So, I mean, it's great that Matt Moore threw – Six no-hit innings. I mean, obviously, he didn't come away with the no-hitter because uh, he was pulled for Hector Neris, and then Archie Bradley gave up the, the solo home run. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't think we can look at this Matt Moore. I mean, I, I, I'm happy for him. It, it's great to see that he's turning it around, but I don't think we can rely on this for the next month. Yeah, I, I never said we would, but, I mean, it was it was cool to see him, and, you know, it was even – when Joe Girardi pulled Matt Moore, I was like, man, I don't love the decision. I think you got to – I wanted him to stick with Matt Moore, but uh, Matt Moore's press post-game press conference was really just like uh, – he's the veteran presence that I guess, shockingly, the Phillies need. Um, you know, he said, I'm a Philly first, and like, it was – he didn't fight to get – like kept in the game, and certainly none of us here would have blamed him for – like trying to convince Girardi to let him go back out there. But, you know, uh, that his uh, comments after the game really 
made me feel good about kind of keeping him around for the rest of the season because he kind of he gets it. He's that veteran presence that gets it. Yeah, I think um, him and I think bringing in people like Ian Kennedy and Kyle Gibson just keep bringing more of that veteran mentality that I think that bullpen and that starting rotation needs. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, obviously, Wheeler and Nola are are what they are. I mean, Nola hasn't had the best of years. and I know we're going to talk about him a little bit more, um, but I, I think just continuing to bring that veteran presence is something that the Phillies needed. Uh, it's something that the Phillies will rely on as we're closing down the year uh, and they're, and they're pushing for a division title. It, it's something that hasn't happened in, in over a decade. Um, so I think it's something that that's yes. needed. Yeah. And, you know, to talk about the Phillies pushing for a division title, um, you know, we look at the, the two other teams that are in it. Washington's dead. Yep. The Marlins have been dead. Yep. And it really looks like the Mets are going to go the way of the Dodo this late in the season, you know, the Mets is the Mets. They're going to met and they're going to collapse. Oh, they're just going to keep getting injured. I, I had said that this was going to happen at the beginning of the season. I didn't know it was going to be through injury. I thought they were just going to choke like they always do. But, you know, DeGrom get a couple days ago, I think it was uh, Saturday, Friday or Saturday, I saw DeGrom get shut down again. Yeah. Two more weeks without throwing before he can start to throw and then get ramped back up towards being back at the major league level. So they're looking at yeah. if if the Mets get DeGrom back, it's middle of September, yeah. but the way it sounded is that DeGrom will not be back this season, and that's killer I, for the Mets. Yeah. They're, I think they have had terrible luck with injury, but they've also had just guys not perform the way they thought they would at Francisco Lindor, and oh, yeah. they look dead. They look dead. They're just done for. Well, I mean, Lindor is still – injured and then obviously you look at Javi Baez he's now injured who they just got from the trade deadline uh that that injury bugs just killed him all year and I mean you can say the same thing about the Braves kind of with Acuna but even without Acuna I mean obviously well, the Braves went out and had a, the deadline a, a great deadline and yeah. and that's the next team I want to talk about is the Braves because they're currently as as of recording this episode they are sitting in first place and they look like they've built up a little bit of a head of steam and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. I, the Phillies might have one more series against the Braves. They have That's no more. It. They, they have no no more. no more series against the Braves. Then, which is can be depending on how you look at it, can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. Is you know, it's it's a good thing in the way of like we can't get swept by the Braves. Bad thing in the way we can't sweep I, the Braves or yeah. directly take a few games from them. I, I think are the, the Braves are the Braves going to be legit? For the yes. rest of the season, though, yes, I I don't know. I still think their pitching is more suspect than the Phillies currently. Yes, I. I, I will. Okay, they add Solaire at the deadline. They add. They bring back Adam Duvall. Well, they, they brought in they, Jock they, re, they rejuvenate some things. I I'm just not necessarily convinced that the Braves are are going to be able to keep up with the Phillies over this next stretch. The Phillies have 24 games against the worst seven teams in baseball. And theoretically, it might be 24, it might be 30. I don't even know. But theoretically, the Phillies should win 20 of those games. Are the Braves going to be able to keep up with a stronger schedule? I'm not certain. I think the Braves and the Phillies, if I'm not mistaken, have the two easiest remaining schedules. Don't quote well, me on that. You just destroyed my whole hypothesis, Well, Thanks for nothing. But I'm not convinced. I mean – 
you can look at the Phillies roster and poke holes everywhere, but you could also look at the or the Braves roster and you poke, can. poke holes you everywhere. And I think when it comes down to it, the Phillies are going to be the ones at the end of the day, hopefully, to win the division. Do you trust the Phillies to come pull it out? I don't know. I, I want to trust the Phillies, but I don't know about trusting the Phillies right now. They, over the last week, haven't given me a reason to trust them. But then I look back to two weeks ago, we're talking eight-game win streak. So yeah, yeah. I, I never I, really know what's, what's going to happen with this team. I think the one key thing as we go into the start of this week, um, the Braves are playing the Marlins. The Marlins have always been one of these types of teams where it can go either way. Um, Phillies are playing the Diamondbacks. Uh, they need to sweep the Diamondbacks. Um, it sounded like they were going to face, to start off the series, uh, Madison Bumgarner, uh, who's been – their best pitcher uh, since the all-star break. Um, so that Diamondbacks team doesn't have schedule, a schedule of... schedule correction. Well, we do play the Braves at the end of the season. Oh, there we go. All right. So that's going to be, that's going to be huge. That's a huge series. It's always a huge series against the Braves, but that just means it's even more of a huge series. Um, but they need to go into Arizona and they need to, to sweep Arizona. There, there's no other option that they have. Yeah, I mean, so we'll have, for the Phillies, we'll have uh, tomorrow night, Kyle Gibson on the mound. Wednesday, Ranger Suarez. Thursday, Zach Wheeler. So, theoretically, that that's a, a pretty strong three to trot out there against probably the worst team in baseball or one of the worst teams in baseball, but you know, the Phillies we, we, still have to go out there and perform. Well, we said the same thing when they went to Pittsburgh, I feel like. Yeah, this team is notorious for playing down to its competition. We said this the same way last year against the Marlins. We said, oh, well, it's just the Marlins. They're the worst team in baseball, and we still found ways to lose against the Marlins. Yeah, um, the, like, like I said, the Phillies are notorious for yeah. playing down to their competition, and they simply cannot afford to do that. If we are to win this division, the Phillies have to play – Phillies baseball, they have to jump on teams. They got to score. Their pitching's got to. What we see is what I think is the pit, the, the offense has got to get rolling early, and the pitching has got to keep the other team off the board. Because if the pitching can't keep the other team off the board, the Phillies clock out. Game over. See you later. Uh, it's very rare that you see the Phillies come back from a big deficit. Um, so well, the pitching's got to be on early, and the offense has got to be on early, and they got to jump on teams. Uh, that, that's the only way they're going to do it. You know, you have three against uh, Arizona, then and they go to San Diego. three against San Diego, who San Diego, very close <laughs> to finishing a deal with Jake Arrieta, who mm-hmm. allegedly we could see in that three game series. I, 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 I'm liking one game out of the three against San Diego. So the rest of uh, uh, August for the Phillies, three yep. against Padres, three against San Diego. They come home for two against Tampa Bay, which will be a test. Uh, then they have four against Arizona and two against Washington. You got to win one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I, I want to say 10 wins yes. in, the, in those games. And, and I'm happy because there's seven against Arizona and two against Washington teams that we should, we should take nine of those games. You should take nine of those games. You, you would but, hope. Yeah. But, you know, the, the this is the time when the Phillies have to jump on teams. We have the easiest schedule left in baseball. 
And that's the only way they're going to win the division. They can't just drop silly games. I mean, every once in a while, you're going to lose a game. and uh, It's baseball. It's 162 games. We're at the point now where you don't just go. It's 162 games. You have to make a concerted effort to win every single game. And this is where I think two of the biggest guys are going to show up. And it's our, our two awards candidates. Yeah. Zach Wheeler, I think if he continues to pitch the way he has sands his last start against the Reds, should be the shoe-in for Cy Young because, oh, for sure. uh, because of DeGrom's injury. Like, if DeGrom's healthy, it's his Cy Young, but he's not. Zach Wheeler leads the MLB in innings pitched and strikeouts, and those are the numbers that the voters look at for Cy Young. So it's got to be him. And then the guy who is currently setting, set, sitting second in betting odds for MVP and Jeff just texted us. He, he's, he's having all kinds of computer home run problems. Tatis hit two, two home runs last night in his return. Personally, don't think Bryce has a shot for MVP, but he has to keep playing like there is a chance. If Bryce thinks in his head that there's a shot, he wins MVP. If he keeps playing well, then we need every bit of that. I think it's Tatis's award if he can stay healthy. If he has to go back on the the IL because of his shoulder for the rest of the season, maybe the conversation is open, but I think it's his award. I don't think Bryce stands a shot, but he has to keep playing the way he has been since the trade deadline. Bryce has been on fire. He's been the the biggest like he's been driving this whole team and Jeff makes a good point. I don't know if Bryce cares about the MVP. He wants to win the division. Go out there and play your heart out to win the division because we can hop on those two guys' backs and other guys will start to perform around them and we'll be good. You know, we sit at a game or a game and a half back of Atlanta and we're getting Reese Hoskins, Zach Eflin, and potentially Sir Anthony Dominguez back. I'm supremely confident that this this Phillies team is going to go on a run and win the division. Um, and, you know, the, the last six games have been without Reese Hoskins. Uh, he's scheduled his – the IL 10-day IL was retrospective to the seventh, so he can play as early as tomorrow night. I think the Phillies have really missed Reese Hoskins' bat in the lineup. You know, when it, when it turned out that Reese Hoskins – like that Mets series was – everyone was so hopped up on the Mets, first place in division – you know, the bats were working that game. And then Reese Hoskins doesn't play in either of the series against the Dodgers or the Reds. And the offense looks a little lackluster. And I think they miss. And Jeff is the one third of this podcast that will disagree till no end because he just hates Reese Hoskins because of his defense. By the way, Alec Boom, not a great defensive first baseman. We tried it. He looked terrible. They miss they miss Reese Hoskins bat. They they miss his presence every day in the lineup because he works pitchers like no one else. The only other player who works pitchers like Reese is Bryce. And if it's only one of them, it doesn't really work out as well. They need both those guys in the lineup. The Phillies miss Reese Hoskins more than anyone anticipated. Yeah, I think that's a valid statement. Um I, I mean you you see it with the way that the team's playing. I mean it you, you can't I mean, we, we, we thought maybe Alec Bohm's going to be that first baseman. Uh, I know Jeff will always say Reese is the team's DH Alec at first base. And, and like you said, they tried it and didn't last. And Brad Miller came in and bad. finished off the game at first. It bad. It, it, yeah, it, it was bad. Um, 
and, and I think now as we get towards the later end of the season, we're starting to see less and less of Boom even. I mean, Torres has been playing at third. Freaking Ronald Torres is a godsend for this baseball team. But yeah. I, I just want to clarify that I am not calling Reese Hoskins the Phillies lineup's best bat. Oh, no. Oh, I think no, no, he no, no, is no. the most important bat, though. Yeah. And I think you could say there's, there is a difference between the best and the most important. But I think Reese Hoskins is up there, if not the most important, one of the most important bats in this lineup. Knock that smirk off, Jeff. You, you, your computer's dead. Reese Hoskins is very important to this lineup for working pitchers, working counts, getting on base, putting pressure on pitchers. They're lost without him. It's just, it's, it's and that I it's hope a he's back. He, he will be back. One one other guy that I want to talk about. It better be the Aaron sh- Nola. Oh, that was not the guy I thought you were going to talk about. Is a cause for concern. Uh, there, there's very much a cause for concern. It's not just a slight. And, and we thought maybe uh, beginning of the year, it was like, oh, he's pitching really well at home, subpar at, at away. Now he's just subpar overall. It, it, there's no. Aaron Nola has difference. not looked like, hasn't even looked like a number two this no. season. No, he has looked. I mean, okay, the series, the game against the Dodgers, he looked wonderful. Seven strikeouts over four innings, and the rain comes, and you go, okay, maybe he didn't pitch that much against the Dodgers. The Reds coming to town. Aaron Nola should be fresh. Uh, he, sh- he got shell shocked. Yeah, it's shell shocked. Um, you know, I don't, Aaron Nola isn't a good, like his fastball isn't overpowering. I don't know why they keep going to it in two strike counts. First batter of the game, 0-2 fastball, boom over the fence. See you later. I I think the command. I don't and I the command yeah, has been his biggest issue with that fastball. The command's been his biggest issue, and then my problem is, I don't know if it's JT or Aranola. Why do you keep throwing two strike fastballs if you know it doesn't work? JT, call a different pitch. Aranola, shake them off one time. It it blows my mind that they just go back to this two-strike fastball that they know doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, for Wheeler, it works just because Wheeler can throw triple digits. Yeah, yeah, Wheeler could throw triple digits and could put it on a a ball marker if he wanted to. Right. He has that command that I think Nola's just been missing all year. Uh, And, I mean, I, I think it's a definite cause for concern as we get towards the end of the year. I mean, if this team is a playoff team, Going into that three-game series, um, I think the last time the Phillies were in on top of the NL East, they were uh, the bracket had put them up against against the, the Brewers. Brewers. Um, and, and if you're going up against that Brewers team, uh, they upgraded over the trade deadline. You have to have the pitching that can compete against a team like the Brewers. Bold, bold pronouncement right here. Three games here. Top if it when the Phillies make the playoffs, my top three is Wheeler, Gibson, Ranger. I yeah, I think so. I absolutely think so. I Wheeler's proven it, Ranger's proven it, and Gibson has looked really good. I, I mean, granted, we we saw what he did. Um, it was it was unfortunate to see him get a little bit 
um, behind against the Dodgers, but it's the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers. I, I'm expecting them to. Now, granted, that's one bad performance out of the three or four appearances he's had so far with the team. Besides this game against the Dodgers, he's looked well. It, it was a smart pickup move by Dave Dombrowski, and it was something yep. that the Phillies needed. And um, if I'm the manager, if I was managing the Phillies, the first three guys I trot out there are Zach Wheeler in game one, Kyle Gibson in game two, and Ranger Suarez in game three. Absolutely. I hate to say it, but as of right now, I do not trust Aaron Nola to be a frontline starter in a playoff series. No, no which no absolutely problem. sucks because he should be our ace or our number two. He, yeah. You, you want to say Aaron Nola is not an ace. That's fine with me. Say Aaron Nola is not an ace, but he should be at least good enough to be a solid number two. And yes. he hasn't given us that. And the Phillies won't be able to make a run in the playoffs until Aaron Nola is able to figure it out and be a solid number two. Yeah, we have our ace. Zach Wheeler is our ace. Thank you, Brody Van Wagenen, for not thinking Zach Wheeler was worth anything. You clearly don't know baseball. Aaron Nola needs to be that number two guy, and he can't do it. And that's what's going to kill the Phillies. Yeah. Aaron Nola has proven the whole season he cannot be good in back to back starts. He'll have, he'll strike out 10 against the Mets, 10 in a row, and then come out the next start and look atrocious yes. he'll go seven strikeouts and in four innings against the Dodgers the best team in baseball then look completely lost against the Reds I don't feel comfortable having him as a frontline guy in the playoffs and that's really sad because Aaron Nola was the guy for a long time he was 2018 was a Cy Young or right. 2019 was a Cy Young finalist right and just fell off the face of the earth it's sad to see because, because like you said, you look at this Aaron Noah and what we've known is someone who's dominant for seven, eight, nine innings. And here he is now recently, barely getting through five, pushing it to six even. Um, and for him, that's a struggle. It seems, I mean, obviously you hope he can get back to what he is, but right now we're just not seeing it. And I think, if the Phillies truly want to contend, Nola's got to find a way to fix whatever it is that's going wrong, whether it's it's working on that command, um, just anything. And, and I think... And you know what the scariest part is? Every year we've seen Aaron Nola, it doesn't matter how good he is the first however many months of the season, from April to August, he could be the leading candidate for Cy Young, September, without fail, Aaron Nola comes up, with the exception of a few times, small. It blows my mind, and it, it sucks that I have to sit here and talk about Aaron Nola this way, but it, it's the way it is, and it, like, it, it pains me, but it, it's the truth about him and his pitching currently. Um, yeah, and, you know, I, I want to talk about some more uplifting things with the Phillies. Uh, you were talking about Ronald Torres earlier. He has been a godsend for the Phillies. This team would be utterly lost without him, which is absolutely insane to say. Yeah, because let's be honest here. Ronald Torres, 
he doesn't he doesn't start for any other team. I mean, maybe you look at the Pirates Orioles. He does uh, not start for a team in playoff contention. Oh God, no, God no. But as of right now, he starts over Alec Bohm for me. He's, he he starts at third base every game. What what, what, do you, what else? Simply, are you gonna simply because of the defensive capabilities and without fail, Ronald Reyes always comes up in the clutch. He has yeah. 31 RBIs. Yeah. 19 of them have been in a one run or tied ball game, yeah. a tied ball game or the with the Phillies down by one. Yeah. He is. I, I want allegedly I wanna, Mr. Clutch. I want to come back to your comment of being that piece in the lineup that, that always finds a way. Ronald Torres always finds a way. He reminds me a lot of what Didi was to the team last year. Just always that one guy that always got that significant contact in in clutch moments. And Ronald Torres has been what that team needs all year. Um, and it's it's great to see Torres being that type of player that the Phillies can I, I don't want to say the Phillies should always rely on Ronald Torres, but that seems to be what what's happened this year, and it seems to be working for the team in in clutch situations yeah and i'm uh, i'm okay with that uh yeah you know i'm trying to find uh, another tweet about the phillies that i saw earlier today about our defensive runs saved oh but let's talk about some uplifting things like i said earlier the phillies gregorius uplifting yeah watched him turn into a decent shortstop he was always putrid defensively, yeah. and he has turned himself around and has become slightly average, slightly below average. He makes some plays sometimes. I'm like, whoa, where'd yeah. that come from, Didi? Yeah. yeah, Still hasn't been great at the plate this season, but the defensive bit has been refreshing, to say the least. Yes, yes. Um, and I think he touched on a postgame um, either earlier this week or last week talking about it and trying to be better trying to be with that team mentality. Um, and, and I think that's something refreshing to hear from Didi. And it, again, you all know how much I think Didi is a, as a player. Didi's great. I, I, I like Didi. I think Didi brings a part of the lineup that um, the Yankees loved and, and now the Phillies, uh, Phillies loved it last year, what he brought to the team. Um, he hasn't had the best of years this year, but still putting um, – balls in play and still hitting home runs, something that the team needs. Um, question for you, Antonio, and, and I'm sure Jeff will chime in uh, anyway, via chat. Via chat. What, what, are you, what are you all thinking about the Phillies' decision of not sending down Alec Boom to the minors? They've, they have said through reports that they will not send him down to the minors. What do you think about that, and what do you think that means – for Alec Bohm now and in the future, do you think it'll be something where he could just quick one, two fine tune in the major league level? Or you think it's something that I, I personally think he should go down, work on a couple things here and there and come back up and be ready for September and October baseball. I don't love the idea of sending Alec Bohm down simply because uh, he is still one of the, like he's probably the best, bench bat we have even though that's not great um yeah and and jeff says why would we very useful off the bench schmidt says he sees a lot of the a lot of his sophomore season too i agree um i think 
Boom has had a rough second season, and it doesn't make any sense to send him down to the minors. I I think you keep him up. Just let him get the experience. Let him work through things. You send him down to the minors, and that's a sign to him that we don't trust him to work it out, and he's supposed to be a cornerstone of the franchise. I think come September and October, when the Phillies are playing meaningful baseball, you might not see Alec Boom start every day, but you will see him get at bats in big spots just because um, when he is able to focus, he is able to kind of slow things down and just move runners along, which the Phillies are going to need. So um, that being said, I, I found the tweet and it was the Phillies rank last in the NL and defensive runs saved at four different positions. Catcher, this is- first base shortstop and third base does it so, surprise you the catcher no. the catcher bit surprised me because it's jt well, but that doesn't take into account pitch framing and the ability to just catch a lot of innings but yeah jt hasn't been um as wonderful as we expected him to be uh up, up until the, the phillies hot streak he was kind of inconsistent at the plate too he's back uh, to that inconsistent a little bit yeah, but I think I have faith that JT will figure it out. I have faith that when Reese comes back, he'll be able to just hop back into where he was. I have faith that Bryce will be able to to kind of keep up what he's been doing. And then you just have to rely on the rest of the guys. You have to rely on the days Ronald Torres plays. You have to rely on the days that Alec Bone plays. Gene Segura is obviously going to be, should be penciled in at the top of the lineup every single day. You know, Kutch, that veteran leadership who get Kutch to October, I think some crazy things could happen. I'm just going to throw it out there. Kutch in October could be an animal. Yeah, I know we we briefly talked last time we tried to record Antonio. We talked about if we can get Didi, Didi to October. Oh, yeah, Didi to October too. I mean, we're talking about guys that could be just – absolute mon- postseason monsters that we just need to get there to see it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, the big question for the, the remaining month and a half of the season is, do you trust the Phillies to do it? Will you say no? So you, I, you don't think the Phillies win the NL East? You don't trust the Phillies to win the NL East? I don't trust the back end. I, I don't. That's a shame because we're getting Reese back. We're getting Eflin back. I, Freddie I would, Galvis is coming. Sir Anthony Dominguez is coming. The Phillies are going to get hot, and we're going to win this division, baby. You mark it down in your calendar. The Mets, dead. The Braves, I don't think the Braves are as legitimate as you th- say they are, Will. They're pitching a suspect. The Phillies are going to win this freaking division, Jeff. It doesn't even feel like 07 because there's not going to be any coming from behind. Middle of September, we're going to start walking away with the division. No one's going to be able to catch the Phillies because Joe Girardi's going to get them hot at the right time. I promise you that. If there's one thing Joe Girardi knows how to do, it's win in the postseason. He he showed it in New York. He he beat us into the ground in 09, and then every year after that, he got there with the Yankees. If there's anything Joe Girardi knows how to do, it's win at the end of the season, and the Phillies are going to do just that. Bryce Harper is going to get hot, stay hot. Reese Hoskins, get hot, stay hot. 
JT, get hot, stay hot. The Phillies are walking away with this division. It doesn't feel like 07 because there won't be a last second come behind. I trust the Phillies to win the division, and you should too. That was another episode of the Shooting the Shift podcast coming from the team that believes the Phillies are winning a division minus Will. You know, Jeff hates Reese Hoskins. You just hate the Phillies because you don't think they're winning the division. We will see you at the next episode. Tuttles, because Jeff can't say it.